0: You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. Exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday,
1: today, and tomorrow.
0: In the Prophet Pearls program, the study of God's word is represented by two separate, yet equally important approaches. The Jew whose people preserve the oracles of God, and the crazy Methodist who is moved by his spirit. These are their discussions. Dun-dun!
1: Are you there, Keith? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> no, that's the intro. <laughs> Wonderful. And and did you take some time to think about that? Nahem. Yeah, I prayed about it. <laughs> it. Sounds. It sounds like you really you really went into depth. In that's 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 amazing. So this is Prophet Pearls, and yeah. you've just come up with a new intro. And it's funny today. Uh, you know, you've come up with that intro. Um, there's so many things changing, and we really need to bring people up to date on what's changing right now. I yeah. mean, literally. Uh, we are within a couple weeks of doing something that's a pretty big deal in order for us to even to continue to continue. So we can either let you explain it or I can explain it, but we, we've got to let the people know what's going on. Well, so
0: we've definitely run into a lot of technical difficulties doing the program. Um, we did one episode where we were disconnected something like seven times, eight. It was, it was eight. No, I think we had eight recordings. So we're disconnected seven times, but whatever, who's okay. counting. Who's and counting? <laughs> right. Um, and so so we realized that you know the first episodes went really well because we were sitting in the room next to each other. So we got to find a situation where we can actually come together to record this program because you're in China, which has the worst
1: internet on planet Earth. No and, question. Yeah. Okay, let's get started. Nehemia. Amen. We're in Isaiah chapter six. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and this is this 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 section is, uh, boy, oh boy, I, I don't know how I'm going to get past the first few verses. I, I, think, I, really, I, I mean, honestly, I, I want
0: to, can't we? I, I would like in some way just to jump to the last two verses. But you want to do the oh, first? Oh, there's
1: no there, there. Okay, I tell you what. Let's, no, we won't. Let's make we, deal.
0: we won't jump. But like we we gotta. I want us to no. budget some time for those last two verses. And are, you know what? Here's really what's super If you important. could
1: give me some time in the beginning, and I want to give you some time at the end. Yeah. Before we get started, though, let's give folks a little bit of context. There's a couple things mm-hmm. happening yeah. uh, that are really related to this 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 particular um, section that we're working on. One of the favorite sections that I I really enjoyed this section when we did the original. Um, Torah Pros program and let me just say to folks who are listening uh we really are about to show people just how serious we are about uh, about scripture and what we're willing to do to be able to share scripture with people and so we're going to be able to we're going to be able to do that over these next couple weeks if the recordings and everything work out but we, what you didn't explain to them is oh, yeah. what we are going to do we are going to come together in the land of the prophets to continue recording mm-hmm. if everything goes well and we're all safe and you know traveling across the world and all that sort of thing we're going to meet in the land of the prophets to continue recording together face-to-face. Is is, is that is that the understanding that you have? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and by land of
0: prophets, you mean like
1: uh, Wall the Street land where of all Israel. the prophets No,
0: the well, land no, of different. Israel.
1: We will be together. The land of the prophets who spoke the word of God. So we'll be doing that together. And folks, we really do need your prayers for that because we're going to have to do a whole lot of these in a short period of time, which means we have to prepare for them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to get into this. But we're so again a little bit about the original Torah pearls. Uh, the, the section that we're looking at is is Yitro, yeah. Uh, which I I just have to tell you, um, when I look at that section and thinking about what's happening there in Exodus chapter eighteen through twenty twenty three or so, whatever that um, yeah twenty verse twenty three. There's so much that happens in that section. The Ten Commandments come out, and God introduced himself, and there's all this stuff going on. And then we end up in Isaiah chapter 6. And I have to say, also, you said you want to get to the last two verses. I'm not even sure how the last two verses got tagged on without – I mean, you're going to have to explain that. Well, you're I mean, that, that, to... That's something we've seen before. They want to end on a good note. Good. You're going to um, have to explain that. Good, I, think yeah. you got, I think there's a lot of – they're getting around the issue here. But anyway – <laughs> let's 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 get let's go ahead can we jump into isaiah 6 sure because i know you you're not real excited about this you're saying i mean yeah. you're saying you want to no, wait i'm to excited get to... about it but i mean i'm it's, excited about it's all of just, it oh my goodness yeah. so so here here you have this here you have this this uh in the year that king uzziah died and then <laughs> isaiah says I saw the Lord. And, of course, we would think, oh, of course, it's capital L-O-R-D. Nehemiah, I mean, it's, it's not capital L-O-R-D. No. Again, we have an example where where, where where here we have the word Adonai. Right. And, and it's just so there's no confusion that he didn't yeah. see a different Lord or someone else that goes on to explain it. But I just got caught up right away in, in the beginning that Isaiah says he saw him. Right. Well, that, uh, well the, the
0: way we know that he didn't see a different Lord is that there's there's two different forms of the word in Hebrew. In Hebrew, mm-hmm. when it says Adoni, it mm-hmm. means my Lord, and uh, with a small l, and that could be a king, could be referring to King David, it actually could be an angel in some passages. But then Adonai, where it has that I at the end, Adonai, that only refers to Yehovah. Um, mm-hmm. Now, how do we know that this isn't a mistake? How do we know that, you know? Uh, you know, it didn't originally say Yehovah, and, and then, and then they read it Adonai, so they wrote Adonai. How do we know? Because there's actually a, a note in the margin of the Masoretic text, and it says Kuflam Adalid 134, and this is one of 134 places in the Tanakh where the Come word there, Adonai but... appears and is supposed to appear without Yehovah next to it. This is mm-hmm. a genuine Adonai; it's not a mistake, and, and it's actually really interesting because there is one place in the Leningrad Codex that we we've talked about and we've seen. That, um, that I came across where it says Adonai um, I'm sorry, it says Yehovah and it's supposed to say Adonai so, so that's really an important note, it's a proofreader's note to make sure that it's copied correctly because once you start to read Yudhe Vavhe as Adonai, there's room for, for um, confusion and mistakes and so these proofreading notes were, were crucial, they, they they told the people they told the scribes, okay this is a legitimate one and that's not a legitimate one so correct that So mm-hmm. so this is a legitimate place where he says I saw Adonai sitting upon yeah. the throne, uh, high and lifted up, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera.
1: Yeah. And and I don't, I don't know if you, for you, when I was mm-hmm. reading this, uh, I, I yeah. just tried to, it, it's just, you know, I love the pictures. I love the pictures of scripture. And mm-hmm. here, here, here we've got Isaiah somehow seeing this, you know, I don't even know how to put it, this magnificent, uh, this magnificent image of what it is that's happening. And he's, and he's communicating this to us. And then it says his robe was filling was uh, was filling the temple. And then I had to ask myself, I, I have to be honest with you. I had to ask myself, now, is he is he looking at like up there is he is he you know up there down there in that dimension of heaven is there is, there, is that is that the temple that we's talking about or are we talking about him getting an image of the temple that's, you know, down on earth? I mean, which which temple are we talking about? Uh and and I I, I can't I can't really jump to that because we're going to get to the next verse, but mm-hmm. when you read that like, what image do you – do you see Isaiah uh, in that dimension or do you see Isaiah seeing something taking place on earth? Oh, it is, this is definitely a vision and this is mm-hmm. definitely
0: – this This is what I understand to be and what's described in Jewish sources is ma'aseha melkava or the, the vision of the chariot. And uh-huh. this is God's royal uh, chariot, whatever that even means, or his throne, if you will, the throne mm-hmm. of God. And uh, he's sitting on the throne. He's surrounded by the angels. It's something that, and, and we can start talking about this. this. is something that we see described in One Kings twenty two with Mikaihu. We've talked mm-hmm. about that passage, I believe, mm-hmm. verses nineteen to twenty two. Ezekiel talks about this uh, a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel chapter seven seems to also speak about this. This is the vision of the um, of the chariot of the of the mm-hmm. throne of God, and, mm-hmm. and and it also probably appears in, in Exodus as well in one passage. So, um,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It, yeah. You know, the reason I want to, and I, I, we I mean, do, I'm not going to get past verse two. I'm yeah, going to talk you, about you verse know. two, but I want to okay. bring up verse four for just for one second, yeah. because it caught my attention in the NIV. It says, and the foundations, and I'm not jumping ahead, every folks, mm-hmm. don't worry. We're going to get to this, the fun part before that, but just as addressing the issue of which temple and, and what vision it is that he's seeing, it says in the foundations of the thresholds, trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. And then in six, four, if I open up, and the Hebrew and I look at it and I see the words and uh it says in verse six four and it says uh the habayit was filled with smoke uh it uses the word the house mm-hmm. and and that was what that was kind of why I, I just thought you know again it may just be mental in my head, you know when you think of Har habayit. Uh, the, the house, uh, the, the, you know, the house on the hill and all those sorts of things. For me, I just thought about um, him calling it um, – and it doesn't say the house, of course, in See, in, in the English.
0: Right. Well, so, so where, where you're – yeah, so you need to explain to the people. In Hebrew, there is no word temple. It's called mm-hmm. Beit Yehovah, the house of Yehovah. Mm-hmm. And then within the house of Yehovah is a Hechal, which is part of the house of Yehovah. It's actually the mm-hmm. – there's a – An outer courtyard – well, there's three sections. There's – I don't know what they're called in English. There's the Azarad or the Hechal and the Dvir. So the Hechal is the middle section where the priest could go um, and then there's the inner sanctum that only the high priest can go. So this is kind of like the outer sanctum. That's the Hechal. Mm -hmm. So yes, this is describing some kind of a heavenly temple. I mean I I suppose it could be an earthly temple but it seems to me – I mean we've got like seraphim here and – do you have seraphim in your English? Actually, absolutely, we okay. do have that. And I, I, so, can we talk about the seraphim just real quick? Since oh, absolutely, that's you know, that, 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 So, so seraphim is serpents. Literally, it's it's the word seraph, to burn, and, mm-hmm. and I immediately I see this and I think of um, I think of Numbers twenty-one verse eight. Now, there's another word for serpent, which is nachash. That's snake mm-hmm. or serpent. Mm-hmm. But uh, seraph is something more specific. It's the burning serpent. Um, Numbers twenty one verse eight uh, then Jehovah said to Moses, Make a seraph figure and mount it on a standard. Mm-hmm. The figure isn't in there in in, he, in the in Hebrew. It just says, Make for mm-hmm. yourself a seraph and put it on the standard, and if anyone who is bitten looks at it, he shall recover. So this mm-hmm. is that incident where they're bitten by snakes in the desert, and they look upon mm-hmm. the, the seraph which is on the pole, and they um, are and they're and they're healed. And there's got to be a connection between why of all the types of snakes that they that he said to put on the uh, you know on the thing? Why was it a saraf? It has to be some connection because Moses knew what was up in heaven. Moses yeah. knew. Yeah.
1: Moses doesn't describe it, but he knew he saw the same thing Isaiah saw. Maybe that's amazing. You know, I, from memory, help me with this. You got your yeah. computer there. Does yeah. it not say when the uh, serpents came? Doesn't I think in English it says the fiery serpents? Isn't it the uh, nahash? Seraphim isn't that mm-hmm. the connection in twenty one six right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So it uses the word it uses the word um, right. a serpent and and then it uses the word uh, seraphim. So when I looked at this actually, Nehemiah, I was thinking about just the root of the word the mm-hmm. seraph, and yeah. so the again in English they try to help you know they're helping us they're saying the, these were fiery snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we look, um, I don't know how many times it, it shows up, but I think most of the times. times we have. Okay, so we heard the word seraph it's talking about some kind something to do with fire am i correct in, uh, other I mean, words, it's serpent. It, the
0: serpent yeah,
1: the word fire yeah. is implied in in the word right um, but i'm saying yeah. in, in terms of the word itself the times before we get to numbers dealing with the actual serpent the the yeah. the hanahash the, the 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 serpents that were fiery right. well, we're well let me give you an it. example
0: so isaiah yeah. uh, 30 verse 6 in the jps the beast of the negev pronouncement or a prophecy about the beast of the negev mm-hmm. through a land of distress and hardship of lion and roaring king beast a viper and flying saraf, they convey their wealth on the backs of etc uh, etc. Et so here mm-hmm. it's it's some kind of animal that lives in the Negev, some kind of snake that lives in southern Israel in the desert, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. describes a fire uh, a flying one. I don't know what that means exactly. Does that mean it jumps through the air like a you know like a, I don't know like a like a in in Chicago where I came from they had the the flying squirrels It doesn't literally fly it just jumps. I I don't
1: know. What's a flying fly. What's a flying snake? A flying snake, are like the flying fish that you see in the ocean—they truly do fly. They jump out of the water and then they—they oh, they okay. spread. It's like they—it's yeah. almost like a, a wing. Oh, yeah, it's like oh, the
0: squirrel. Right, it's like the flying yeah. squirrel. It doesn't flap yeah.
1: its wings, but it glides. More technically, in English. So, not to push you on this issue, yeah. I just want to push you on this issue uh-huh. just a little bit. So, you have the issue of the fire, of the fiery mm-hmm. the, the snake, or whatever. But just the word seraph, mm-hmm. um, in terms of how that word has been used in Scripture, I think it's in Leviticus. Um, where they're talking about uh, might be in Leviticus, might partly be in Numbers, where they're talking about uh, the burning or the burning coal that was on the altar, um, something like that. And, and 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 again, I don't have my you're, you're the you're the quick computer guy, but but when I saw so you want that, the I guess
0: Saraf appears 126 times in the Bible, and it means okay. to burn, and it's just simply to burn. Um, okay, to burn. Okay, yeah, so it's awesome. talking about like you know I don't know. Uh, Exodus 20, and he took the calf uh, which they made and he burned it in fire and that's the golden calf is burned in fire mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, it means to burn awesome. I mean I guess he actually melted it but
1: I gotta write yeah. a book about this I think there's this I, I I just I feel it I feel it bubbling in my gut <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm just kidding but no so let me just say this look so here, yeah. here's why this hit me I mean, it was because um, we we got to back up I mean we, before we mm-hmm. well we can't back up we're right here. And it says, each of them having six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, mm-hmm. and with two he flew. I mean, so this thing is, I mean, talk about, I mean, w- w- weird looking, w- whatever this is uh, that's up there, it's more than what we would look at as a, a snake. I mean, its it's got hands that are covering its eyes. Well, I think, think this
0: covering. has been understood correctly so as some type of angelic being, uh-huh. which he's now calling, we're talking, you know, and maybe it's on fire, and that's why he's calling it sraphim. Maybe it's, yeah. actually, maybe it's not so much a snake as
1: yeah, what there's what I some kind hear. of
0: burning going on with it. We there's some really burning
1: know. that is going on. So when I'm – okay, so here's what happened for me and mm-hmm. you're kind of giving me a little bit of a softball. Mm-hmm. So what was happening for me is when I looked at the actual description of the fiery snakes and then I you know, went through the same process you did and saying, okay, well, here's yeah. what we can see with that. But then when I started looking at the word itself and then the description, I thought I don't think – that this, this – these seraphim that are there that are being described as fire, mm-hmm. fire with these hands that are covering uh, their face and covering, you know, uh, and, and, and whatever. I just think that it's something that's taking place up in heaven, and here Isaiah is giving us this picture, which we can't find. We don't see this. We don't see this anywhere else. I mean th- this, this well, description that, that, that's of that's
0: significant because yes.
1: in English um, –
0: you have seraphim, which are a type of angel that everybody – I don't know if everybody knows <laughs> about, but I think it's pretty well known. And you know, there's talks about how – discussions about how that's one of the types of angels in heaven. But the mm-hmm. only place in the entire Bible where seraphim refers to a type of angel
1: is this passage in Isaiah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's why I said it's going to be hard for me to get out of this because yeah. I just get this – I get this this sort of thing that happens to me when we start talking about – uh, images of discussions, pictures uh, where there's a, de- there's a description of what's happening in that dimension. And I use that word, that dimension, because in the old days they'd say, look up to heaven. But see, I'm upside down in the earth right now. So when I look up, I'm looking down to hell, according to the description that I would want. <laughs> the fact, no, this about? is the way I was taught. This is the way I was okay. taught. You look down, it's hell. You look up, it's heaven. But of course, I'm down mm-hmm. here under the earth looking up and I'm mm-hmm. looking down, and you're yeah. somewhere where you're looking up, and I think you're looking up. But the point is, is that what this you're is talking some, about. <laughs> you don't know this about this because you come from a right, different okay. tradition.
0: But in Isaiah, I, so so here's a little interesting tidbit. So in the Septuagint, the ancient Greek translation of the Tanakh, it has in the Greek seraphine. Um, it doesn't translate it; it just transliterates it because gotcha. they consider it to be a proper name, the, the name of these beings. But then mm-hmm. in, the, in the Targum which was a a Jewish translation to Aramaic, it translates it as shamashin kadishin, which means um, like holy ministers, meaning uh, ministering angels.
1: Yeah. So whatever they are, he gives us this description. And then it says, and one called out to another Mm -hmm. and said, and I I mean, in English it says, holy, holy, holy. Now, I asked you about this before. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us where else we get three words in a row? Hmm. Three of the same word in in a row. I mean, he is so amazing. He is so – I mean, I just think this is so I don't even know how
0: theoretically I would find that. That's a good question.
1: I've done it before, Nehemia. You can certainly do it real quick. I've done this before where I looked in and said, okay, where are the examples where you have um, three nouns? Hmm. Well, I guess – The same nouns. Yeah, the three are the same noun, yeah. and there is another example, Really, and I wish I could say it off the top of my head, but okay. this certainly is pretty amazing that he's, what he's speaking of, what they are speaking of, falling back at one another about, is holiness of Yehovah. Mm-hmm. And and that, you know, it couldn't just say, holy is he, it couldn't just say, holy, holy is he, but holy, holy, holy is Yehovah Tzavaot, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And I said, that's why it's mm-hmm. hard for me to… You know, you know, you know, you want to get to the end, but I just, I, I want to, I want to sit. That's just to not going to happen, is it? It just isn't going to happen because I <laughs> want to sit in the fact that they could yeah. say powerful, 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 amazing, 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 omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotent. But it's this word, holy. And of course, I, I don't know. You may have already decided what I, I said. I'd let you pick the word of the week, but I mean, hmm. kadosh three times in the row. It's crying to be the word of the week. Okay. Oh I guess it's got to be.
0: So it's from the root, kuf dalad shin. Yeah. Every word in Hebrew, as we said, has a three-letter root, kuf dalad shin, which means holy, mm-hmm. which really means, uh, you know, people say, oh, set apart, but that's actually part of it. It's set apart and above. Yes. Because you could set something apart for destruction, and Hebrew has a word for that, haram, mm-hmm. chet But this is set apart and above. So Yehovah is holy, 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 kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Mm. Now, here's where we have a little confusion. Because uh, many people will know the word Kodesh, yes. like the word uh, Ruach HaKodesh, which yes. is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And then, so here is Kodesh, and and this is Kadosh, so what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And quite simply, Kadosh is an adjective, Kodesh is a noun, mm-hmm. um, and, and the difference is that you can have a feminine, kadosha for a female, here's Kadosh for Yehovah, in the masculine. Um, and then you also have um, uh, Kaddish, which is the prayer set that in Jewish tradition they say over a dead person. That's an Aramaic form of the word. There's also Kiddush. Kiddush is sanctification. And that is the prayer that Jews will say on Friday night and Shabbat lunch uh, over a cup of wine. So we have all these words that all come from the root Kufdalad Shin, which is to sanctify. And in, in the last context, in the Shabbat prayer, it comes from the word, where the verse that talks about. Um, remember the shabbat Likad show to sanctify it to make to it sanctify. kadosh yes um and and here it's speaking about Yehovah being kadosh 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 yes oh, so, man so so can you give me an explanation and I, and i love it here i'm just looking at the greek i still have the greek open and it says hagios 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 which is uh three times holy 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 in greek mm-hmm. and, and you know and and, and people <laughs> may know that from the you know that building in in istanbul which is the hagia sophia mm-hmm. which is you know that that famous um Church now a mosque, mm-hmm. uh, and and there's Hagia, which means Hagia Sophia means the holy wisdom, and here Yehovah is called in Greek Hag in the Septuagint Hagios, 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 holy, holy, holy. So why is it three times, Keith? Can you you know what? I'll, can can, can I, you I'll give I'll the you theological explanation this, I'll, of I'll why take, it's three I'll, times? I'll tell you why. Either. I think
1: it's three times. I'll yeah. you, I will tell you, this is why I think it's three times. I think it's three times mm-hmm. because this description is describing who Yehovah is. He was, He mm-hmm. is, He shall be. It's like it's like saying, "Come on with that." He's what the was it. He's holy with the is. He's holy with the shall be. And, and I have to just tell you something um, when I when I look at this word and I want to give you, I want to give you, I want to throw, I want to throw something out to you again. You know, mm-hmm. Nehemiah, I make fun of you sometimes. Nehemiah Gordon from the Hebrew University. But we've had these conversations, and I think the most recent one we had was in Smithfield, North Carolina, where someone will. They'll say, Let's have a conversation about the Hebrew. And then, Nehemiah, you no. know, he sticks his chest out and, you know, he, he, he adjusts his chair and he's ready to have these conversations. And then, and then, and this, and this, and this is hilarious to me. I'm going to say it. So, in the conversation, someone will say, and, and this, is, this is not the only time this has happened, it happens a lot. Someone will say, Well, now I, I want to talk, I want to give you, I want to ask a Hebrew question. Now, there's no question in the statement. And so what they'll do is they'll say, now the Hebrew word for such and such is such and such, and then you'll stick your chest out and say, well, actually, that's an adjective. Not- well, don't confuse me with the facts. I've got an entire theological issue. <laughs> I've taught
0: on this. That's my favorite
1: line when people say, but I've taught on
0: this. I've Meaning taught I've on this. I'm listen. committed to what I've already said publicly about it, so I don't care what the truth is. Um, can I Can I just jump to Revelation chapter 4, verse 8? Would you allow me to do that? I know that's your book, but I, I want to jump there. Uh, and there's a vision described there, and it says, "And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and the rest, uh, uh, and they rest not day and night, saying, hagios, 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 Holy, 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 Lord God, Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to
1: come.'" <laughs> And Revelation, Ayahuwah. yeah. And let me just say Yehovah. something, folks. Can <laughs> <I'll tell you laughs> I get excited about that? And the reason I want to, I want to, I appreciate the fact that you went to, to yeah. Revelation. And you can say it's my book, whose book, whatever. But the point is, what I liked yeah. about that particular, I was trying to help you say, could you find a time in the Bible where there are three words, and that's and that's the other example that's actually in Revelation where, he's, oh. where he uses the word Hagios, 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 but then goes on yeah. to explain was, is, and shall be. So I just, to me, yeah. what was powerful about that is, again, who is this holy one? He is the was, he is the is, and he is the shall be. And so, I mean, how, how, you know, I've heard so many different conversations about this, but what I loved about the passage is just the picture of them saying what they're saying. Of course, I can't get past the fact that Yeshua himself said, Yit Kadesh your name, Kadash, your name is holy, it's to be sanctified. And he's also mm-hmm. taking that three-letter root And putting it in that form, so it's like it's it it, you know it really does mean it 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 means more than just you know ah, it's a holy moment you know this is a you know it's an adjective he's literally saying this this is this is who he is we're describing um, we're describing who Yehovah, Sabaoth Lord of Hosts is and the earth being full with his glory so Mm -hmm. then verse six five I don't know if you want to move on or not if we can can, can, can. Um. Yeah, we we gotta keep
0: going. So okay, we do. Yeah, and and then I've got some things to say about the passage in general. But let's go. Okay. Awesome. It says. Yeah.
1: And I said, "Woe is me, for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of
0: unclean
1: lips." And uh, uh and I think if I'm if I'm thinking right here, uh yes, no, no, yeah, it's unclean. Uh, for my eyes have seen the king. And just in case there's any confusion of who that Adonai uh, was that he saw. He says, "I've seen the King, the King, and who is the King? Uh, Yehovah Sava, of Yehovah, Hosts, and who are those hosts? You know, but those angels and 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 all of those mm-hmm. that are around Amen. that um that are there that are just in awe of who He is, like like we uh, should yeah. be in awe of who He is." So
0: yeah, so so I mean, so so this here, I've got to stop, and there's a bunch more, but I've got to stop here because of the words. Ra'u my eyes have seen. Mm-hmm. It says literally, for uh, the King Yehovah of hosts, ra'u enai, my eyes saw. Mm-hmm. They saw my eyes, literally. Mm-hmm. And and so so the first thing that pops into my head, and and the first association I have, and 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 the the struggle I have, is Exodus thirty three verse twenty, mm-hmm. and, and I don't have an answer. I mean, you know, sometimes. Certainly in, in the Jewish tradition we say sometimes you know, the question can be more important than the answer because mm-hmm. the, the question is a fact and it shows you actually understood what you read. The, the answer is a theory. It might be true. It might not be true. Uh, but mm-hmm. Exodus 20, <clears throat> you 20, know, Moses asked God to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to see God. And then uh, it says, Vayomer, And God said, lo et panai. You ah. cannot see my face. You cannot see my face. For man cannot see me and live. And then it goes on to see he saw his back. I have no idea what that means. We, mm. We've talked about that in the original Torah pearls. I, I literally don't know what it means. Um, but here he sees God. I, I don't understand. I thought you can't see God. So, and, and I really don't have an answer. What do you mean you don't um, have an answer? You,
1: don't, but, you, you haven't studied yeah, this? I mean, I have an answer for this, of course. Well,
0: I have studied it. But <laughs> uh, having studied it, I know there's no answer. So Exodus 2410 compounds the problem because... You might say, "Well, in the time of uh, Ezekiel, they were able to see him, but in the time of Exodus, they couldn't." know. Exodus twenty four ten, it says, Israel," um, yes. and they saw the God of Israel. And under, and under his feet was like the work of um, yes. of sapphire brickwork, mm-hmm. and like the like the the very essence of the heavens for purity. Yes. So they saw God. So they're, so they're seeing probably something similar to what Isaiah, possibly, say possibly, something similar to what Isaiah is seeing. At the very least, they're seeing Jehovah sitting on a throne. Mm-hmm. Why do I say that? And I guess it doesn't say a throne, but they're seeing something under his feet. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to envision that, and I'm thinking, okay, he's sitting on his chair uh, on a throne. And under his feet, they're seeing this sapphire brickwork and the purity of heaven. I don't even know what that means, mm-hmm. but they're seeing God. So, what is this? I thought you can't see God and live. So, so what's the answer? Give me the Methodist answer or the Keith answer. No,
1: I don't have. I don't have an answer for that. You know, it's funny when I'm reading it, I think yeah. about things like this. He says, "With the train of his robe filling the temple," or what it says, the 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 um, what do you call it? The uh, the sapphire, whatever he calls under his feet, and and yeah. and Moses saying, and he saw his backside and. And I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Even 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 Elijah, um, when when they had the when he had the um, interaction with Yehovah, yeah. he came in, and he came in the quiet. It, yeah. It's like it. What I'm what I'm sort of wondering when I'm reading those things is I'm wondering about what portion, not portion meaning like a little piece of him, but what portion of them, what of him they saw, and and what right. what does that represent? The collective they saw him. I saw a portion of him. I saw the train. I saw the. I saw the his feet. I saw the backside. I saw, you know, whatever it is that they say. And, I, and so, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I just think it's. I think the part that kind of caught me was that even one little piece of him saying that the entire, just the train of his robe, filled the temple. Was he in the temple? Or was he just there with the robe? I mean, it's like, what, yeah. you know, what portion of them? What, what portion of him did they see? So.
0: Right, and and just so people understand, why why am I? You know, like you might say, oh, well, they saw four, you know all these different things, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody saw something different, which is definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have these descriptions, and I, I think I mentioned this: one Kings twenty two, Ezekiel uh, one, and then other places, Daniel seven. And so, for example, Ezekiel one twenty six: above the expanse over their heads was the sem- semblance of a throne, an appearance like a sapphire. So there's that word sapphire again. And on top, upon the semblance of a throne, there was a semblance of a uniform. So to be fair, when I say I'm, I'm reading Exodus mm-hmm. and I, I envision God sitting on a throne, I'm, I'm actually reading Exodus through the through the filter of Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Um, if I read Exodus by itself, I might not have gotten to that conclusion. But it's hard for me not to read these together and say, OK, they're all saying the same thing. And, um, and I'm reminded of this. Uh, there's this saying of the rabbis who, who they, they, they struggled over this. They said, why is it? That Isaiah has this very like very brief. I mean, look how many. Let's let's look how long Isaiah describes the you know what he saw. So really, it's it's verses one and two, Yep. um, and you could say verse three, right? Um, So at the most, it's a few verses. Uh, Ezekiel goes into great detail about this. The entire chapter one is describing. I mean, I was was reading this morning chapter one in preparation for this uh, study with Mm -hmm. you, and 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 it it hit me. he doesn't even get to the opening speech in chapter 1. He's just describing, and of course, obviously, <laughs> the chapters were, were added later. Mm-hmm. But he's got 28 verses until he finally says, ber, The last three words of, of Ezekiel chapter 1, it's in verse 28, says, And I heard a voice saying, and then chapter 2 is what was said. So the first 27, 27, 27 and a half verses or 28 verses are mm-hmm. him describing this vision. Mm-hmm. Now compare that to uh, Isaiah who jumps right into – you know, he hears them sp- saying, uh, Kadosh, 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 and then he – you know and it's, it's pretty short. And so there's a really interesting uh, uh, saying of the rabbis who try to understand why is it that Isaiah described one thing and Ezekiel described something else. Did they see two different things? Mm-hmm. And there again, the question is maybe more important than the answer because we don't know if they saw the same thing or two different things. And the rabbis come along and they say, well, no, they actually saw the same thing, the same exact thing. And then they say, but, so why was it described different? And so their answer is – I think it's very interesting, their answer. They say, well, Ezekiel uh, was like a villager who saw the king and Isaiah was like a city dweller who saw the king, someone mm-hmm. who lived in the capital. Mm-hmm. And so Ezekiel is descri- – he's, he's like – you know, he's all excited and he's describing in great detail and everything he saw, whereas Isaiah is saying, yeah, I saw him and there was the throne and <laughs> well, let's get to what he actually said. Um, meaning that maybe they saw the same thing, but they, they, they described it from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, I have another possible explanation. This kind of dovetails what we talked about at the beginning of the episode of, of my, my Asperger's versus those who don't have Asperger's and are called neurotypical. So maybe Ezekiel was neurotypical and Isaiah had Asperger's. And so Isaiah sees this and says, yeah, that was God. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and and Ezekiel's you're, like, you're kidding, oh my! I it's saw you're, God, you're, and he has this you, right? and he you're, not, had that. you're not serious. You're no, making I'm, that I'm up. Dead you're just serious. trying to. No, I'm serious. I think Ezekiel's neurotypical, and I, Isaiah
0: had Asperger's. It, it, it makes perfect sense. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who want to know more about my Asperger's, there's a wonderful study that I've, I've shared with my support team, entitled "The Fundamental Flaw in Judaism." And go listen to it. I talk about it in
1: great detail. Now, what does this? You mean you have a you have something separate that you do? What are, what are you talking about? Do you want to listen to? Well, it? so so, <laughs> um, you know, I've got my ministry, the Macor Hebrew
0: Foundation, and my website, Wall dot com. And I've got, I think, over 200 hours of videos and, and audio teachings and hundreds of pages and things online on of, of teachings. And But then I do this this separate thing, uh, the support team studies for those who support my ministry. It's kind of just a way of saying thank you for those who are supporting my ministry. And one of the teachings there is called The Fundamental Flaw of, of Judaism. And it talks about some things I realized about myself. And it, and it helped me see one of the, the issues going on in, in the Jewish tradition that, that I wasn't able to see until I'd gone through some things. Um, that's what I call the fundamental flaw of Judaism. Um, and yeah, so so people can um, you know go to my website and find out about the support team. And and one of the things I I, I do want to share with people is you know we're we're now I think this is being broadcast in mid January. We're obviously pre-recording it. No, it's um, actually this is going to be broadcast on February seventh. Oh, February seventh, even better. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so um, you know, in March, we've got this thing that we do every year, and it's called the Aviv Search. Mm. Um, we get people together in Israel, and we travel throughout the land, and we look for the earliest ripening uh, barley. And the, then once we find that the barley is ripening, uh, that there's, uh, you know, barley, a field of barley that could be harvested – um, two, you know within two weeks' time, then the next new moon is the new what's called Chodesh Aviv or the new moon of the Aviv in mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 16 verse one mm-hmm. and so this is something that we do every year and, and, and it's um, you know it's it's rather costly mm-hmm. um, you know we've got to rent cars and pay for gas at you know like eight or nine or ten dollars a gallon it varies um, and so I, I do want to encourage people to, to pray about uh, making a donation to the McCor Hebrew Foundation. You can do that through Nehem And you can give a targeted donation Mm -hmm. specifically to the Aviv Search if that's what you want to do. Awesome.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it says here, Nehemia, that uh, um, after he makes this description, he says, then one of the seraphim, and this is actually what caught my attention regarding the word, Mm. uh, the seraph being this fiery fiery being or whatever it is that flew to me with a burning coal in his hand. I'm thinking, wait, why isn't his hand burning? <laughs> I ask this question. His hand's burning. He's got a burning coal. Well, because the hand of the, the seraph? The seraph is. The hand, is, is the hand or, itself is fire. So it's like... Or he's an angel too. So. He's angel. Well, okay. But I'm just saying there's a, there's a, there's actually, a, you know, a, sort, of, sort of jumps off the page. It's like, well, here's this flying, burning yeah. thing that's holding this burning coal in his hand and he's bringing it yeah. to... Isaiah to burn him, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it says he touched my mouth and said, "Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven." Now, is that because of the fire, or because of where it came from, or what? what, what, You know, what was the reason for the burning coal? I mean, is it is is it that fire purifies? Is this something else? I mean, is there some hidden meaning here? Is there a translation problem? What 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 are we looking at?
0: So we we definitely have an image in throughout the Tanakh in a number of places of this you know the way that they would refine silver um, mm-hmm. and you know they would take this ore and they would burn it in a crucible and mm-hmm. they would burn off what's called the dross or in Hebrew mm-hmm. the sieg mm-hmm. and they would extract from it the silver um, mm-hmm. and actually the byproduct the the bad stuff would include lead mm-hmm. um, and tin and then the the good stuff that was left over that would be the silver. Um, and so, so there's this image of refining through fire, absolutely, mm. in, in the Tanakh. And, and it comes, you know, and, and, and it's hard for us, probably. You know, the first thing that I think of as a modern person is, oh, you, you can cauterize a wound, uh, you know, which means you burn, burn a wound with fire if, you know, and, and you kill all the bacteria. I don't think they knew about that back then. <laughs> um, and so we really have to think more in terms of this um, image of the refiner's fire rather than, um, you know, cauterizing a ru- wound. You're saying the
1: people tra- tra- saw this and, and interpreted it that way? Oh, I I think that's behind this image. I mean, wh- wh- where do you, I mean? You might think,
0: oh, a fire is coal and that makes you dirty, and so it doesn't make you clean. So where did they get the idea that a fire makes can make you clean? Oh, I see. And and that must have, I think it must have come from the refining of silver and other ores. It's not just silver. You also ref- mm-hmm. refine copper that way. We saw that when we were in Timna in southern Israel, mm-hmm. the ancient copper mine.
1: Oh man! I tell you what—the copper mine. What an amazing experience that was. Yeah. Ugh! Goodness gracious. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, maybe if you have a different thought on it, I mean, please share it. No, you know, no,
1: once. no, no. I was just looking at it from the. I, I saw it. I saw it from the issue of fire burning away that which was impure, yeah. and so. Right. And, well, and,
0: and we definitely right. Of course, it's it's burning away what's impure, but but what does it burn away that's impure? And and I think that. In the most immediate ancient association, I think, would have been the refining of silver. And I'm kind of cheating because in other places, Isaiah says specifically yep. burning off the dross and, mm-hmm. and, and and extracting the silver. So, yes. I, all right, I'll admit I'm cheating. But <laughs> that's something that Isaiah specifically used. That's no, called as context. That, that image. Okay, <laughs> it's context and, and it's part of his world. It's, it's his cultural context. Exactly. exactly. Um, but I am reading that into this passage. It doesn't say that explicitly. Mm-hmm. And look, in a way, this is a metaphor and, and, and maybe you could argue it's a literal metaphor. <laughs> Because he, if there's yeah. such a thing, there isn't. But um, it's a metaphor in that fire cleanses, and so he literally, you know, and this is something the prophets did. They would take, you know, they'd say you're going to be subjugated under the yoke of um of Babylon, so they'd bring a literal yoke and show it to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's kind of like
1: a witnessing tool, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But here, God is using a witnessing tool up in heaven. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's interesting. You know, earlier you used a verse. We were just talking about this. Um, you know, just just how can I say it? Uh, the way that it connects to what you do. Um you know the, the the words and how the words are used and i mean that's that's a really a really amazing part of of your ministry and people ask me uh, why would you why why do you go through the process why do you guys do all this and spend all of this effort um to do what you're doing, whether it's we're, we're talking about now needing to add some time to our Israel tour and we're going to have to meet earlier to to record and why would we take trains, planes and automobiles and fly here and go there. Uh, for me, ultimately, the reason is because of the ability to actually uh, discuss with you um, scripture and its meaning and language, history and context. And I really do think that that is just such a gift uh, that's been given. I mean, you've been given a gift to be able to study in the land of Israel at the best, the, the best school in, in the entire world as it pertains uh, to the Hebrew Bible. Uh, Amen. Uh, Hebrew University. I mean, it's it's just an amazing, it's an amazing experience. So uh, I have to say, again, that's that's why I do this. You know, I'm, I feel called to help people learn the Word of God. And, and I always say that you want to get people um, smarter, better, uh, wiser, sharper, around you so that whatever it is that you decide that you want to do you want to do it at the best and the highest level that you can so that really is that's that's what's exciting about this like you said your context well i read an isaiah where it also says blah 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 and and, you know and that's again the the bible is a part of not just a part of it's it's the main aspect of what you've committed your life to understand and it's language history and context so are you there caller yes i'm here can you hear me Oh, I can hear you now. Oh, this, this, is, boy, why, this is, why is why we need to go to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> it was a close one. That was a close one. Oh my one. god. I said we're not going to have what any. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, let me move on. I want to go to six eight. Can I move on to 6? Yeah, please. Eight? Yeah. yeah then I heard the I think we're going to have to burn, you know, jump yeah. through. Yeah. You know. Then I heard the voice of Yehovah saying, "Whom shall I send and who will go for us?" And I said, "Here I am, send me." I have to stop and say this verse was been the verse that defined mm. for me what I would do in this upcoming year. In 2014, you and I were on tour together. We uh we were mm. In a number of different places, uh, this verse was actually up in uh, up in uh, Canby, Oregon, and I shared a message about this verse, uh, whom shall I send? And, and, you know, here I am, send me in English, you know, it says uh, in Hebrew, Hineni, behold, I, I'm here, go ahead, whatever you want to do with me. And for me, Nehemia, this has been, this for me, this has been a really, a big reason. In fact, while people are listening to this message right now on February 7th, I'm actually, as a result of saying Hineni, and somewhere in the bush of Africa sharing with people who have asked for uh, information on God's time God's Torah in his name, and so I'm over in Africa right now if all goes well, and hopefully planes don't, don't get lost and whatever, but we're recording this in advance so that when this goes up on the 7th, I'll be there, and Biblical Foundations Academy International, like I said before, is it, our, our, the, our name is what we do. We want to share around the world, and we've had so many people from so many parts of the world that have responded to the message uh, that's at BFAInternational.com. I want to challenge people uh, to go to the site. I'm not going to talk about resources, I want to talk about just the opportunity for you to be exposed to what we're doing it's so amazing what's happened um I, like I say, February seventh as this is up i 'm actually in uh in Namibia for the next couple of weeks, and then after that i'll be back here celebrating and in this part of the world the Chinese New Year, which is a- vi- you you went through this Nehemia so you could could talk about it, but one of the reasons that I'm also doing that is that we've been working on a project called Ancient Time from China and that is I just have to say it's just phenomenal to see how big God is and the way his handprint is in different societies and different ways how you can see different things that are even biblical concepts so I'll be here for that and then Nehemiah and I will be together where we'll share but BFAinternational.com what we're trying to do right now is to inspire people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. And sometimes that can be done through the internet. Sometimes it can be done through television. Sometimes it's got to be face to face. Sometimes it can be done through, you know, whether it's something, a written material or social media, we're using everything we can. And now let me just stop and say one more thing that I just have to make this announcement today on February 7th. Today, uh, BFA is in concert with the Israel, I think it's called uh, Israel's Bible Reading Plan, where they're actually doing a plan of reading through Breaking Israel News and Israel 365. And they came to us and said, can we use the Scripture Bites, the 10-episode Scripture Bites, on the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, Nehemiah is the parallel for Torah pearls, um, that, that this is, the Ten Commandments is connected to this section. The 10-part series is actually being, we've given that series to, uh, to Breaking Israel News and Israel 365, and they're doing something. I don't know how they're doing it because I'm in Africa, but basically today, right now on February 7th, they've connected somehow Scripture Bites with what they're doing and getting people to read the Bible. So I, hopefully we'll get to talk more about that when we're in Israel, um, when, we're, when we're together. But there's so much that's happened, so much that's going on, and I have to say thank you to all the people that have at least. Taking a look at bfainternational.com, your uh, your support and your involvement has really launched us to a place that I just am overwhelmed. Henani, here I am. Send me. <laughs> you too, Nehemia. Be sent. <laughs> so and
0: that was the last known recording of Keith Johnson before he disappeared in the Kalahari. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would laugh about that, but you know <laughs> it's no small thing. There are. Places- Where are you going? <laughs> What are you doing?
0: What? <laughs> He's going to the Okavango Delta.
1: <laughs> oh my I'm never going to see him again. Let's move on. Let's move on. Six, All right. Nine.
0: I'm going to have to make an executive decision and ask that we, you know, we, we did last week. Yes, were. We, right. Where we asked the people to read Deuter. Uh, yes, you're right. Devorah, the thing of uh, Judges chapter five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask people to read the rest of six and seven, and ask that we jump ahead to chapter nine verses five to six that because we could speak for an hour six, nine, on six, that six, six, section
1: ten about the fact that it's parallel in Acts chapter twenty-eight where Paul says. Go to the people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but yeah, never yeah. – that's not so interesting. Okay, he spoke the so, Isaiah yeah. passage. out okay. just use it for the people that weren't listening. But we, I do want Isaiah chapter to 9,
0: verses 5 to 6. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 can, they can read about that on your blog, BFAinternational.com. Okay. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's move ahead. Ahead. on. Let's no, go no we got to talk episode. about this. Absolutely. and And we, we, we're we trying to keep this under an hour and yeah, a little over ahead. an hour. But we can speak for an hour just in these two verses. Can you please read them, 9, 5 to
1: 6? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Read them. No, you read them in your in your – no, can you, can you, can, I think we really need to read these in different translations. I, I'm going to okay, ask them do that. Give me the exact verse. I mean, what, what, what do you want us to read? Nine? All right.
0: So here's something really strange that happened. So it's Isaiah chapter 6, um, and it's – what verse does it start in? So it starts in verse 1, and it goes all the way to chapter 7, verse 6. And that, that's bizarre because 7, 6 is, is in the middle of an account. Exactly. It's in the middle of a discussion, and then it just cuts off. And then it jumps over to Isaiah 9, 5 to 6. And well, wait a minute—we just skipped the second half of chapter seven, which I know for the Christians is the money ball. That's you know that that's their favorite verse in the whole Bible. Right? Am I right about that? That some Isaiah seven fourteen. Well, well, like well, you could probably you're saying you're some, it like everyone has it memorized. See, no, so, seven fourteen. That's that's the verse that they say is a virgin, and Jews say is a young woman. That's actually not in the section. Uh, meaning because they skipped over that. They skipped over all of the you – know, chapter 7, verses uh, 7 through 25, and then all of chapter 8, yeah. <laughs> which was 23 verses, and they jump. And then the first fi- four verses of verse – chapter 9, and then it's verses 5 to 6. Oh, and, and I guess there's some, some confusion here because in the English it's different verse numbers. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you. So, what are your verses? Oh, numbers? OK.
0: So, so it's uh, for a child is born to us, which is verses – Verse five in the Hebrew, mm-hmm. um, and I think is that verse chapter nine, verse six in the English. Yeah, so is nine that, six in the English. I, I, uh, you know, with, so it's we, nine six to seven, which in Hebrew is nine five to six.
1: Okay, got you, got you. Okay, but it's the same verse. You want me to the read? The you want are... me to read the NIV six to seven? Please, yes. Okay, uh, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He shall reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of Yehovah Almighty, Lord Almighty, will accomplish this. Amen. May it be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the name of
0: this child? Um, well, it says here his name. Yeah. And and, and I got to say that it, it seems pretty clear to me that they jumped ahead to this so that they'd end on a good note. Like they, you know, they didn't want to be reading all day, um, so like what we're doing. And so um, their understanding, the, the people who set these up, the traditional uh, readings, they were reading in Chapter 7. And, re- and really Chapter 6 was their parallel to the revelation at Sinai right mm-hmm. so there's this revelation all of Israel sees sees not sees but they they hear god speaking at mount sinai Yitro. and then here is in etro exactly and then um it's the 10 commandments that's that's the section that's read in the synagogue and the torah and then the parallel section is isaiah having his revelation um mm-hmm. of what god looks like in heaven i guess um you know the, so one of them is the bottom of the mountain the other's at the top of the mountain yes. so to speak yes. um but then they couldn't just end there so they jumped ahead to uh, they read part of chapter seven, which um, you know you got to wonder why they did that. And it is it's strange to me they'd read the first uh, six verses of chapter seven without reading the rest of it. That, that's to me that's like nails on the chalkboard like yeah, why, why read the first 6 verses if you're not going fi- to finish it. And yeah. then uh and, and it's not actually connected to Yitro, like why bother? So then they jumped ahead to um to you know it's not connected to the Torah portion those 6 verses. Then they jump ahead to nine, six uh 9 uh 6 through 7 or in Hebrew 5 through 6. And I think they ended there because they understood this to be a prophecy about the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um and so you'll always want to end on a good note. So we read about how there are these, you know, there's this problem in in, in Isaiah 7 with the um with you know uh the two kings who are coming to attack the Jewish nation—the yes. the Judah, the uh, Pekach, who is the king of Israel, and Ritzin or Razin, who is the king of of uh, mm-hmm. of, of Syria of Aram—and they fought, and they and, could not. They could not do anything. They, they okay, tried. so so that you can't end with that. That's like a sad story. So the ending here with the Messiah will come, and there'll be world peace and forever, um, you know, peace without end on the throne of David. So so that makes sense why they ended with that, but it doesn't make sense why they why they kind of cut off in the middle of seven. And I know some people are out there, oh, because they didn't want the verse about the virgin read. Actually, if you read that verse in its context, and maybe we shouldn't open this can of worms, but if you open, read the verse in the context, it, it's something from the time of King Ahaz. Um, but what about these verses, verses six to seven or five to six? in, in the in We won't allow you to
1: throw water on these verses, Nehemiah. I don't know what that means, You're water. going to throw water on these. Th- 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 is that like a metaphor about baptizing the verses? No, you're trying to, you're going to take away our, our excitement
0: about these verses? Oh, no, I'm excited about the verses. I'm excited peace about Peace without the end? Who's not going to be excited
1: about peace without end I'm upon in. the throne of David? Hallelujah. But what is the name of the child? Thing you want to, you want to What's trans- the name of the child? That's what I want to ask. Ah, well, in here, does what he, he will be name, called. Does he have one name? Does he have
0: four names? What's oh, his name?
1: It's, and he will be called uh, yeah. Wonderful Counselor. In, in English, a uh, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
0: So that's four names that
1: he's got. That four right? different
0: titles. And I know some people say it's like seven names or something like that because they go on in verse the next verse, but 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 definitely in verse in this verse, verse six, verse five in the Hebrew. According to your reading, there's there's four names. I want to read you the JPS translation yes. of these verses. Yes. Um And uh, nine five through six in the Hebrew and in the JPS it's actually five and six. They're numbered according to the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given us, and authority has settled on his shoulders. He has been named, quote, the mighty God is planning grace, the eternal father, a peaceable ruler, uh, end quote. Sh- that's his name. The mighty God is planning grace, the eternal father, a peaceable ruler. So he's got one name. It's kind of a run on sentence. Then the next verse in token of abundant authority and of peace without limit upon David's throne and kingdom, that it may be firmly established in justice and in equity now and evermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts in Hebrew Jehovah, shall bring this to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got news for people. That's not what it says in the Hebrew. The JPS is not what it says in the Hebrew. Um and I'm kind of surprised that they translated that way. Hmm. I, I don't have an explanation of why they decided to translate something which is just different than the Hebrew um, when the Hebrew was a per, you know it's perfectly clear and good. And I'm just out of curiosity, and I, I didn't even look at this you know I didn't, I didn't look at this beforehand I'm going to pull up the 1917 JPS, because what I just read you is the 1985 JPS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to see if they have something different there. you can find this online. Um, all right. So the 1917 JPS is, For a child is born unto us, a son is given unto us, and the government is upon his shoulder, and his name is Pela Joaz El Gibor Abi Ad Sar Shalom, that the government may be increased and of peace there be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to establish it and uphold it through justice and through righteous, righteousness from henceforth even uh, forever. The zeal of Hashem of hosts doth perform this. That's in this online version what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so he's got this really long name, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words in the 1917 JPS. Pela Joaz El Gibor Abiyad Sar Shalom. That's his name. Mm. Interesting. So, that's not what it says in Hebrew either. (laughs) I just, I don't understand why nobody translated what it actually says in Hebrew. And I looked at the Jewish commentaries and they understood it. Mm-hmm. Like it was, very, it's very clear what it says in Hebrew. I don't, I don't understand why nobody translated it that way. I, I'm genuinely perplexed. Really? Like, so, so uh, can I tell you what it says in Hebrew? Please. Okay. Um. All right. So it's so first of all, I'm going to ask you because you studied Hebrew. So uh, in your translation, it says he will be called, right? Hmm. Is that what it says? Yep. In your NIV. Yep. Okay.
1: Now, what is the word translated as he will be called? Uh, let's see here. Four chapters. Well, actually, what it says, his name will be called, is what it, does it says. Say will be called. Uh, yeah, his name will be called.
0: Right, right, right. So in Hebrew, does it say his name will be called? Uh, let's see.
1: Vayitruah. His name was called. No, Vayikra is – and he called. called and he his name. called his name. Past. Yeah, passive. Right. It's. It's. No, it's not passive. It's active. No, passive. He will be.
0: oh, Okay, it's passive. Yeah. Right. He will be called is a future passive. And in Hebrew, we would say, V'yi um But it says, V'yikra, vaikrashmo And he called his name. Now, so this is how it's understood in Jewish sources. Strangely not translated that way by the GPS, which I can't explain. But in all the Jewish sources I was able to find, they unanimously understand this. Peleyo Aviad, Sal Shalom. Which translates... And the Wonderful Counselor, the Great God, the Eternal Father called his name Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. That's what it says in Hebrew, and that's what every Jewish source I could find um, translated that way, except for like the JPS, link I'm saying. But other than that, mm-hmm. the traditional Jewish sources all translate it that the the subject of, this, of the verse is, or this part of the verse is, uh, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and the object is Prince of Peace, meaning mm-hmm. the wonderful counselor, uh, mighty God, eternal
1: father called his name Prince of Peace. Well, I want to ask you to do something, I mean, I think this would, be, yeah. this would be really good. Do you see, as you're looking at this, and this is just a question, yeah. do you see yeah. in t- anything in terms of the, even the accents that, would, that would, would lead toward that? In other words, what would, what would be the key thing that would, that would make you say that the, the verse itself is not divided the way that it's being divided? In other words, is there something, is there something that, that just says to you, oh, clearly it ends there and then Sar Shalom is the um, – that's, that's what he will be called. Um, otherwise, who called his name?
0: It does, there, there's no subject to the sentence. Mm-hmm. If he called his name, Pele, eitz El Gibor, aviad Sar Shalom, who's he? Mm-hmm. And that's why they had it translated in the passive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He, his name is called. Well, if it's passive, then we don't have a problem. Right. Um, so all of a sudden he called, I mean, and, and I guess it's possible, but, um, yeah, it, it yeah, I, th- this just makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm.
1: And so yeah. one last time, I mean, that was, that was, that was worth it. That really is a pearl. Uh, yeah. so let me just say this. So one last time, if you were to, if you were to translate this in the most yeah. clear way, based on what you're seeing here, how would you translate it? I would translate it, um, and the wonderful counselor,
0: uh, sorry. And the wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, called his name Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. The name of the child who would who would be born was is called by the wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace.
1: We're going to look at that. We're going to slow down and take a closer look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love-
0: so and, and look, I mean, like I said, the JPS nineteen seventeen, nineteen eighty five. They they don't translate it that way. And and they actually and so so I want to make this clear. It's not that I have some theological problem, so I'm I'm forcing some different uh, translation because the JPS two different versions of it had no problem with the name being Pele Yoetz, El Gibor Aviad Sar Shalom. And the reason they didn't have a problem with that, you know, and obviously I mean, look, let's call let's call it out. Christians and and we'll bring this verse to prove that Jesus is the eternal Father, that He is also the Prince of Peace. That's obviously what Christians mm-hmm. have said. What's interesting is that's – and correct me if I'm wrong here, but as far as I can tell, this is not uh, quoted anywhere in the New Testament. Nowhere in the New Testament does it claim that this verse refers to to Jesus or Yeshua. Would you agree with that? I don't have
1: that off the top of my head. I I could get back to you on that.
0: Okay, well, I'd like you to get, to get back to the people on that, because okay. from what I can find, this is not um, quoted anywhere in the New Testament. It's, it is quoted by early Christian sources. I want to read you from the um, Word Biblical Commentary, mm-hmm. which is a, a Christian commentary out of Texas. Yep. Uh, it's out of Dallas. It says, Traditional Christian interpreters have correctly noted, of course, they're Christian, um, have correctly noted that nine 5 through 6 is part and parcel of royal liturgy, and therefore used it as a Messianic text, like the Royal Psalms. This is achieved by lifting the verses out of context and changing the genre of the larger work to match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's amazing that they say that. Mm-hmm. And then they go on, and I'll skip ahead. They say, this is legitimate. <laughs> the vision apparently quotes from the other context, but it's important to keep in mind that the verses do not function as Messianic predictions in this context.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, I think maybe it is it is prophetic, um, or that it is messianic, and certainly the the rabbis who came along and put this as the end of the of the haftarah portion of the of the prophets portion, they definitely understood this to be referring to the Messiah of the line of David, hmm. and understandably because the because verse seven or six in the Hebrew says, you know, the, uh, the, um, the government will be p- upon his shoulders. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, hold on a second. for the. Um, that's kind of tra- difficult to translate. Um, and for peace without end upon the, the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to prepare it and to sustain it with uh, judgment and righteousness from now and forever, the zealousness of Jehovah of hosts shall do it. That I don't know how you can read that and, and say it's not about the Messianic kingdom so can a, is it fair to say yeah.
1: from a from a common ground standpoint we could read this we yeah. could read these these two verses whether they be 5 and 6 or 6 and 7 and get yeah. get excited about the fact that that Absolutely. government that government will come and that there will be one who reigns in, 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 in that you know we've just dis- had long discussions about the name of mm-hmm. the name of that one who comes and but what's yeah. amazing about it is that uh, this just seems to be something that really i i could see why they'd want to end uh mm-hmm. on that Absolutely. on that note and why even for us i mean we're at the end of our time yeah. I think it's a pretty well, it's a it's amazing we, well, go ahead we got to go back to verse six
0: okay go ahead <laughs> okay so so this is one of the things I've heard brought up in in Jewish Christian debates and the mm-hmm. Christians will say well this you know this proves that the Messiah will be the eternal father mm-hmm. um, he's both the eternal father and the prince of peace this is obviously the Christian argument so as I said the New Testament does not make that claim mm-hmm. traditional Christian commentators and interpreters have made that claim uh, like if you look at the church fathers but the New Testament itself interestingly is completely silent doesn't doesn't make that claim as far as I know mm-hmm. um, and secondly the fact that the JPS was able to translate the name of this messianic figure as um, you know all four of these titles Pele, uh, you know mighty counselor uh, well, that's not really an issue mighty counselor um, or sorry uh, wonderful counselor mighty God and eternal father so how could the messiah be called mighty God and wonderful father according to the Jewish understanding and, and I'm not saying this to try to convince Christians because obviously people who believe Um, in that doctrine are going to believe it. But I think it's worthwhile to understand the Jewish perspective. And the Jewish perspective is that we have many figures whose names glorify God. Uh, One of my favorite is in the book of Job, where Job has three friends who come and they're they're all wrong. And at the end, this one man comes along and his name is Elihu, which means, he is my God. Mm -hmm. Now, did Job think that Elihu was his God? Of course not. He was standing and looking at this guy and you know, thought he was very wise, but Elihu was just the guy's name. Um, Eliyahu is a Hebrew name that means, um, that means, you know, uh, you know Elijah, which is uh, Yehovah is my God. So nobody saw Elijah was God. Now, if you want to believe the Messiah is God, that's, th- th- don't pin it on this verse, meaning, because a Jew reading this would never come to that conclusion. We'd just say, okay, his name glorifies God as the Father. Okay, great. Um, I don't think that's what it means. I think the name or the title if you will, of the of the Messiah, will be Prince of Peace. But um, if you want to say all four titles apply to the Messiah, it doesn't make him God from the Jewish
1: perspective. Does that make any sense? For you, it definitely does. You've been waiting all you. programmed to do this. You, this was your this was your big thing. You've taken 15 minutes to do it, and you're, now you're asking me if it makes sense. <laughs> no, and, and, and really, I think it's just a matter of understanding, like
0: you know, understanding the. Um, the Jewish perspective, because because I certainly understand the Christian perspective. Their perspective is, if the Messiah is called Mighty God and if the Messiah is called Eternal Father, that means He is God and He is the Father of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the Jewish perspective, it's just a name, like many names that that um, you know uh, that glorify God. Like you know, one one of the sons of Aaron who was burned up in the fire, his name was Avihu, which means He is the Father. So nobody thought he was actually God the Father. I got
1: to tell you what, I, what, I'm, what I'm really excited yeah. about. And I thought folks, so there's some folks in some corner, some folks the other, yeah. f- other corner. But what I love about prophet pearls, you know, and yeah. every once in a while, you'll, you'll bring something up and say, well, you know, the Christian view is this. And, and that's always great. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Ultimately, the thing that um, I'm glad that we're not doing is that we're not trying to figure out how to have one of those sorts of debates where they do take a verse. And I've seen these, you know, we have the, whether it's the, the yeah. anti-missionary or whatever, they go back and forth, back mm. and forth, back. And in the end, someone says seven to him and six to him. What I most – more than anything what fired me up about this, uh, these couple verses, is I was just reminded, Nehemia, of, of just the, how far you can go in terms of trying to figure out what the grammar says. I mean knowing what it says has got to be the starting place, not where you want it to mean. It's got to be absolutely. based on what it says, and how do you find out right. what it says? You've got to be able to interact with it and its language history and context. And I think that that's—I mean, I don't know. For yeah. me, I'm excited because I'm oh, going to go yeah, and look, look. I'm even excited further, about it too. So, so I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, look, I, if,
0: if we if we were having the Jewish Christian debate, I would have done something completely different. And you yeah. can go look in the literature. If you if you look in the literature, the counter missionaries they're going to say, "Oh, this isn't even talking about the Messiah. This is King Hezekiah, yeah, and and therefore it's completely irrelevant for any discussion of the Messiah because this is something that was completed and fulfilled in 700 and you know whatever BC, and it's King Hezekiah." And I read this and I'm like, "Really, guys? <laughs> King oh, Hezekiah?" So disagree with the anti-missionaries? Uh, so, absolutely. Okay. Not only that, um, certainly the rabbis who Chose this as the section to end. We're thinking, even if this was King Hezekiah, we're hoping that it also is a type of the Messiah. And we're looking for the for the king who will sit on the throne of David, who will literally have peace without end, because Hezekiah didn't have
1: and, peace and without gotta end. And I got to tell you, see, here's what excites me about that is the thread, yeah. the thread. And we've been doing yeah. prophet pearls now. We're on 17 here, where we've been able to talk about David, and we've talked about him in his deathbed, and we talked about Solomon, we talked Amen. about, you know, yeah. the, the the kingdom and uh, Nahon, and uh, you know, all these things being established. And it, it, to me, again, what. I can look at this and be really, really excited, but I'm going to tell you the challenge, what I did appreciate about it is the challenge to go further. And again, to take apart grammatically to see what it says and then, and to go mm-hmm. from there. So that's, that's really, I see that as a real positive. I really do. And I really appreciate yeah. that. Oh, man, yeah. so, so now we've, you know, you, this was your money ball. You, you got to bring us home here. Um, the, you got to bring us home. Well, can yeah.
0: I always want to read one more, more passage and then I'm going to okay. end
1: with prayer and, okay. and you can pray okay. if okay. you Good.
0: want. Um, so, so there, there's a, Kind of a parallel passage, which, which this you know makes me think of, which is you know, and and why am I bringing the parallel passage? Because you could come along and say, oh no, Nehemia, you, you've left the reservation. You, uh, you said this is about the Messiah, and we want to say. I'm, I'm talking to my Jewish brothers and sisters. They're they're going to be upset with me. Why are you letting? Why are you saying this is about the Messiah? Why why are you conceding that point? We want to argue it's about Hezekiah. It's not about the Messiah, and I just don't I just don't think that's correct. But even if it's correct, so we have another passage which is indisputably about the Messiah, and I want to end with that passage. It's Ezekiel 37:24. My servant David shall be king over them. And they shall all have one shepherd. Ah. They shall follow my ordinances and be careful to observe my statutes. Mm. They shall live in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob in which your ancestors lived. They and their children and their children's children shall live there forever. Mm. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Mm. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will bless them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary among them forevermore. My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then the nations shall know that I, Jehovah, sanctify Israel, when my sanctuary is among them forevermore. And and you know maybe it's that I'm reading Isaiah chapter 9, 6 through 7, or 5 to 6 in Hebrew, mm-hmm. through the lens of Ezekiel 37. It's possible. But when I read it, I'm seeing the same message. There's going to be this period of eternal peace with a a king, Messiah, anointed with oil, who sits on the throne of David and may this happen soon. May we all come together soon under the reign of this King Messiah. And that's my prayer, Yehovah. Don't pray pray just yet. Oh wait, I can't
1: pray? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, just, say, I'm going to let you pray. I'm going to let you pray. But I do yeah. have a challenge. I, I do want people, and no, this, I, th- I really think this is, this, this, we can't let this go. Uh, I want people okay. to take a look at these verses. I want people to be able to, to comment. And I especially want to thank, I think our, our, our partners, we have our partners oh, yeah. from Bear Tracks Fellowship. These are our Profit oh, yeah. Pro partners. I'm going to ask them. I actually reached out to them. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. because we're doing this early, I haven't heard back from them, but I would like for them to be able to put something together. I'd love to add it to our comments regarding not mm-hmm. only this verse but this whole section. Our folks at Bear Tracks Fellowship um, that really uh, <laughs> you, do you remember Bear Tracks, and Nehemia? What, we're, we're, I we're remember th- up <laughs> in the mountains of Colorado I got, I got altitude sickness. <laughs> we got high and lifted up. I want them to, first of all I want to thank them <laughs> but I want to challenge them to put something together that we can add during this time so yeah. that people can read it. Now you can go ahead and bring closure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yehovah
0: Avinu shelbashamayim, Yehovah, our Father in Heaven, Yehovah, hele yoetz, Yehovah, wonderful Counselor, Yehovah, El Gibor, Yehovah, Almighty God, Yehovah, Aviad, Yehovah, Eternal Father, Yehovah, I ask you, and I pray to you, Father, let us soon be be in Your Kingdom, with shalom en ketz, peace without end, with the Sal Shalom, with the Prince of Peace. Yes. Sitting David upon the, the, the throne of David and upon his kingdom for now and forevermore the zealousness of Yehovah of hosts will do this and Yehovah may your zealousness please Father Aviad, eternal father, please do this soon and bring us this peace in our and in our king Amen amen.
1: Thank you for listening to Profit Pearls
0: with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please
1: visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com.